what I'm going to talk with you today about is how to make great decisions. And, and I'm really not talking about just, you know, okay, are you going to have strawberries or blueberries? But big decisions. I think each day we face big decisions. It's just sometimes some decisions are bigger than others. And so maybe you right now in your life, you're faced with um, some big decision. I want to talk with you from, from God's word on, on how you can go about that. Not your way, not the world's way, but God's way. Listen, we need to learn how to make life-changing decisions the best way we possibly can. So today I'm going to share with you five truths and, and principles from Scripture that, that will help you do just that. But before we get started, let's, let's bow for prayer just a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, God, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear. And open our hearts that we might receive what it is that you want us to receive right now and moving forward. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you've got your worship guide with you, I hope you'll follow along with, with the notes. We try to make sure that we make the messages uh, user-friendly. Uh, we don't, we, I, I never preach a message to just be heard. I'm preaching a message in hopes that it can help your life, um, it can change your life. In fact, I, I tell people off the street, I say, listen, you know what, if you come and visit with us one Sunday and you're here with us for one hour of worship and you don't believe that it was worth your time with us, I'll give you $50 cash myself. Now, thank God, really nobody's already done that or else my wife would probably leave me. But, but I mean that when I say that. And you can tell others, um, I said that again, the key is if I'm here, because I got to watch y'all, make sure y'all staying straight. But, but we really do care that, that everything that we share is real and is relevant. And that is, it's right on time for what God maybe wants you to hear today. The first thing you need to know when it comes to making great decisions is this. Great decisions are made, driven by biblical values. Great decisions are made, driven by biblical values. Now, in this politically correct society, most people aren't walking around, even preachers talking about, listen, I'm about to make a biblically-based decision. That sound like something you're actually going to say. But, but guess what? If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're for Jesus, you can't not be for his word. Always ask yourself this question. Put this down. Does God's word approve it? Does God's word approve it? It, the moment that you tell me you're thinking about doing something, but you know God's not okay with it, or you know it's not the right thing to do, we don't need to have any more time. I can pray with you if you like. We don't need to talk any further. In fact, do, do you know this? Most of the time when people go to counseling, I've done a lot of counseling in my time, we ain't telling you nothing new. We just, I'm in on what you just said. Because oftentimes, listen, we can know what we're supposed to do and yet we refuse to do it. And I want you to hear this. God's word tells us what is right, what is wrong, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. You cannot go to society and base things off of what other people are okay with. This world's okay with basically anything, by the way, in case you don't know. But God's not. God's not because God has his best for you and then all, all, all the other things are, are settling for far less. Listen, God's word tells us how a child of God is to live their life and how we're able to even get on the right path. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says all scripture, that is Genesis through Revelation, all scripture is God-breathed. It is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. 
in our lives. By the way, the main reason why sometimes people don't want to come to church, they don't want to hear the Bible's truth on anything. Why would you want to, why would you want to hear something that, that doesn't align with your convictions in your life? It says it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I have never read the Word of God where it didn't convict me. I'm like, man, God, you all up in my business. I'm trying to get some scripture to slay somebody else. And you bringing all this to me. In fact, you probably don't know this. When I'm trying to prepare for messages, I'll be going through three or four messages. And, and before I get to the one that God has for you, he's like, no, them other three or four, that was just for you, you hillbilly. You need all the Jesus you can get. I'm like, okay, let me go apologize to my wife right now. By the way, I, got, I, I, I waited till mid-service to say this at the last service, but I just got to get into it just to show you how practical the Word of God is. You know, again, the Word of God gets all over you. And so, you know, when I read scriptures like, okay, well, husbands love your wives in an understanding way, I texted my wife and I gave her a big, big shot of wisdom. I did this yesterday or the day before. I said, babe, you just need to remember, it takes at least, notice I said at least, at least 50 years to raise a man. I'm not talking about till day 50. It takes 50 years, and then, then we start having something to work with, okay? Y'all beating us long enough, and you got us, I mean, just so. But, but how many of you know what I mean when, when even you could have your attitude out of, out of kilter or you're not aligned, and, 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 and yet you come to the truth, and you're like, okay, I know what's wrong, and it's not those around me, it's me, okay? In, in fact, that's where I feel like God's telling me to tell you right now. The Word of God is not meant to be a sword to slay other people. It's meant to be a mirror for you. Okay, and so when I look into the mirror of God's word, it gets all up in my business. It always convicts me. It always points things out. It always helps me realize, listen, but by the grace of God, go I. But it, but it has, but listen, just because God's grace abounds doesn't mean we should continue in the steps we're taking. We keep trying. We keep saying, God, how do you want us to do things? Now look at verse 17. It says, God uses the word of God to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Listen, you cannot be in God's will without following God's word. You cannot know God's will without knowing God's word. God's word, it should dictate the principles and the priorities in our life. I want you to write that down. It needs to dictate the principles and the priorities in your life. Listen, once you get clear principle and clear priority, you won't be like most people who are tossed by the wind in society. Whatever's in is in. Whatever's out is out. Listen, the word of God is true no matter what season, no matter what generation. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus said this about the word of God. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. But Jesus says in verse 26, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on sand. Listen, anytime you and I, we know the will of God, and yet we still go our way, we have stepped out of bounds. We have put ourselves in a ditch. And it will, listen, sin will always take you further than you wanted to go. It will always cost you more than you want to give up. You say, what is sin? Sin is anything that we do that is not God's will. Anything that we know is the right thing to do, and yet we, we, we don't do it. Anything we know is the wrong thing to do, it, and yet we, we don't do it. Listen, I deal with people every day, every day, sometimes by the hour. I'm just getting text and phone call 
after phone call or text of people's lives crashing. I don't want to just say this strongly to you. Don't think it can't happen to you. Don't think it can't happen to you. In fact, listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To, to, to realize that, hey, you know what? You don't just need the Lord today on Sunday. You need him Monday through Sunday. Because how many of you know the devil can do a whole lot between Sunday and, and, and Saturday? A whole lot. You need to understand that the difference in, in living life according to the world's way, that is, that is putting nothing but quicksand underneath you, okay? Had somebody just recently, um, I, I said, how you doing? They said, oh, man, they were just bubbling. said, I'm living the American dream. I said, well, my Lord, how's that working out for you? Because if I was chasing the American dream, I'd be so disappointed right now. The world, the, 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 the world out there, the, the American dream says be all that you can be. And, 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 and God's dream for you is to be all only he can make you be. It is a major difference in where one's headed. Listen, and what happens is this. People think that, that they're, um, I, I, I think back on uh, my brothers and others that I've dealt with <clears throat> that have dealt with stuff with, 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 with major um, life uh, marriage crisis. And, and, and I just think back on it. And I remember, my, my, I know my brother wouldn't mind me sharing this. My younger brother, we were talking one time. And this was at the church I started uh, with, my, with my first church that I started. And... Um, and me and my brother, we were working a tree business. He, he runs Low Country Tree Service. And we were running a tree business. And, and, and it's like 6.30 in the morning. We're out in my, my dad's horse pen. And, and um, I, I, I had been inviting my um, brother to come to church. And he wasn't in church at that time in his early 20s. And, and, um, and I said, well, how's your marriage going? He said, oh, we in love. And guess what I did? I know it's my brother, but it's what I did. I pulled out a business card I had. I said, well, Here's my card. Call me when love's not enough. It wasn't one year later. Love wasn't enough. And everything went up in flames. And I say that, you know, because, listen, people don't want their pain wasted. Okay? You don't either. I want you to understand that when you build life on shaky foundation, it's not but a matter of time before things crash. It will expose itself time and time again. And look what it says. It says that, that when we, when we um, uh, hear the words of God and yet don't put them into practice, we're like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I want you to hear me. Any decision in any life not built on God's truth and foundation is a decision built on quicksand. The foundation is collapsing even when you don't know it. But I, here's the good news. You can get grace today. God can forgive you of anything today. And you can start building on a solid foundation. The psalmist said, he said, I'm hiding your words in my heart, Lord, so that I might not sin against you. Listen, if I'm a Christian, every decision should be a Christian decision. What entertainment I enjoy, how I invest my, my money that God has given me, what job I work, how I approach my everyday life, how I treat other people. Listen, my decisions reflect my desire to either glorify God in everything or just try to bring honor to myself. Listen, anything that God's Word doesn't approve, I want you to hear this part. Anything that God's Word does not approve is not God approved, and it is not a good plan. But number two, great decisions are made seeking wisdom and understanding. Great decisions are made seeking wisdom and understanding. Here's the question you ask yourself. Am I seeking wisdom and understanding? I, I'm going to just tell you this as a man. I think the worst thing 
men that we ever are is when we aren't teachable. In fact, ladies, just so you know, like I told you, it takes a long time to train us. But when we become teachable, we become growable. You hear me? When we, when we become teachable, we become growable. And wisdom is not knowing everything. Wisdom is recognizing what you don't know. Do you hear me? Wisdom is not about knowledge. It's also about understanding. Listen, anytime you're making a big decision, it's critical that you learn from those who have gone before you. When God first called me, and I was 28, 29, um, when, he, when he first called me to, 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 to start a church, and, and you got to understand, I had spent 10 years as a youth pastor and an associate minister, and I had no plans to ever be a senior pastor. I had never even thought one time in my life about starting a church. And, and so when God brought this call out of nowhere to me, um, I had no choice, but it, since it wouldn't go away, I had no choice but to keep going God, what is that? And, and are you sure? Am I sure? And so what I did was I was living in the state of Georgia at that time, and and um, I, I I went through um, uh, an organization trying to discover um, any churches in the state of Georgia at that time that were three years old or less that um, that had someone that 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 folk called just like me to go start a church. And what I discovered was this. This really jumped out to me. I started talking to this guy or that guy or that guy, and most of them had spent almost a decade in youth ministry. And each one of them felt like they were supposed to be doing what they were doing for the rest of their life. And then God was like, no, I want you to go start a church. And so all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not so crazy, and maybe, maybe God can use someone like me to do something that I've never even done or understand. And, and so um, what I say that to you for is this. I had to make sure I talked to people that were ahead of me doing what God had for me. Some of you, you need to understand that you need to talk to the people who've been um, doing what they've been doing longer than you, who maybe have been married longer than you, who maybe have learned the peace of God longer than you, who have learned how to follow the will of God longer than you. Listen, you know what's, what, what, what we have to make sure that we do is we have to make sure that we listen. I, I, when I say that, I say that strongly to myself. God, that, if, if there's one thing that God has shifted in my, in my thinking is, is the, the effort towards listening and hearing. I promise you this. I don't forget what people say. We don't need to forget what people say. Um, oftentimes there's truth to be found with anything. But you know what they call someone who uh, repeatedly just does what they want to do and never listens to others? A fool. It's a fool. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. You know what keeps us all from asking for help or inviting other people to speak into our lives? Pride. Pride. And listen, you need to understand this. Nobody knows it all. Nobody knows it all. And having to ask for help doesn't mean you're ignorant. In fact, it means you're wise. Proverbs 13.10 says, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wild. A wise. Wow, listen to me. I'm making y'all wild. That's, that's, what you are. that's what you are when you aren't taking advice. Wild. Proverbs 15.22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. With many advisors, that brings success. Listen, any big decision should not be made impulsively. 
but, but methodically and, and, and prayerfully and, 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 and seeking wisdom and understanding. Proverbs 19.20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. Something I've started doing, I've realized in the last year or two of my life, is, is, is whether I'm going to purchase something or pursue something, I really try to think about it a lot more now. I try to think about, okay, well, what's that going to cost me? What do I have? What, what am I giving up to commit to that? What, 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 what do I need to consider before I move forward with that? Listen, I need to seek all the wisdom and guidance possible before I make any big decision. And that way, that big decision, no matter how big it is, becomes a great decision. You, you can look forward to it because you're like, okay, I put in the work to try to make sure I understood what I was getting into. Uh, most people uh, don't realize that the, the only reason why I have a bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree is not because I like school. Go back and check my grades in, in high school and other things, and you'll find out I was a normal boy. You were lucky I showed up. But the only reason I pursued any school was not for a degree, but it was for me to gain a greater understanding because whenever I realized God was calling me into ministry, I was like, okay, I can't be sharing with others what I don't know myself. I can't be teaching and taking someone places that I've not let God take me. And, and I loved it when one of my professors early on at, at seminary, he said this to me. He said, I'm not here to teach you everything there is to know. I'm here to teach you how to, how to be a lifelong learner. Listen, you need to realize no matter whether you're 7, 77, 97, there's always something more to learn. Um, and, and the good thing about age is um, the more we learn, so it should be the more we apply. Proverbs 24, 6 says, don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Listen, when you seek the right counsel, when you seek people that love you and want God's best for you and care about what God wants, those people can, those people can give you life. Those people can speak into your life. But, like, but thirdly, Great decisions are made bathed in much prayer. Great decisions are made bathed in much prayer. This is one you don't want to omit. It, it, you, can't, you can't disassociate this when it comes to big decisions. Ask yourself this, have I bathed this in prayer? Oftentimes we put together our ideas, then we go and execute those ideas, and then we pray about it. That's not the way. We need to have proactive prayer, not just reactive prayer. Listen, sometimes we're needing to ask God to reveal his will. Sometimes we're needing to ask God to give us further clarity and, and, and maybe greater peace about his will. Sometimes we're needing to ask God just to show us the next right step. As we talked about last week, prayer is, is key for walking with God. Listen, you show me your prayer life, and that is your walk with God. Because prayer is conversation with God. Listen, even Jesus, God's son, bathed in prayer, his biggest decisions. Look at Luke 6, 12 through 13. It says, one day, Jesus went up on a, a mountain to pray, and, and he prayed to God all night. That doesn't mean that's the only time he prayed about this, okay? But he's getting to the time where he's getting ready to make a decision of, of choosing among his disciples, and it says he's now praying to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be apostles. He knew he was making some big decisions, and he couldn't make every decision. He needed to make the right decision. And he's seeking God with all of his heart. 
Listen, there should never be a big decision that you make without seeking God in prayer first. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Listen, the Bible says God has plans for, you, for your life. All of us go, well, that's great, okay? And that God does. God has a specific plans for each person. But it never says ever in Scripture that you can find those plans apart from prayer. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. This passage, I believe, would be great on your refrigerator. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Most people stop right there. They're like, God, give me everything you got. But then verse 12 says, when you pray, and it's assuming you will pray because you need to pray. When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now, there's two kinds of prayers we pray. We pray, God, just bail me out of this tough situation. Or, God, I'm giving you myself and this situation. From this moment forward, God, I want you to have my heart, and I want you to lead my life. There's a different prayer. One is, one is life-changing. The other one's just, hey, I want my circumstances to change. Listen, God is the one who fully knows his plans for us. Why would you not go to God for the plans he has for you, why would you go to the world? Why would you read other books before you read the book? Why would you read and believe other people's opinions instead of you know, embracing God's truth? Listen, and the only way that you're going to discover these plans, it says you have to seek God wholeheartedly. Good thing about things with God is God knows your heart. God knows if you sincerely now are saying, hey, I want to seek you. I want to tell you something God's been working on me lately on. Uh, first of all, God's, been, God's wanting to drastically increase my prayer life. And, I, and I'm still not where, where I know he wants me to be. But here's what God's been putting on my heart lately. He's like, listen, you need to keep seeking me more, and you need to be knocking because I want to give you more. I want to do more. You're limiting things by not inviting me continually into things. Jesus tells us the same thing in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Jesus said, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now, we, we talked last week about the fact that, that if we ask God anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. We're not, we don't come to God with our wish list, okay? We don't tell God what... He is to do, or what we're going to do. We, we, we say, God, what do you want? What do you want? But the Bible tells us this, something we don't talk enough about, that God has all this good stuff he wants to give to us when our hearts get aligned with him. Jesus says on further in the following verses, you don't have these up here, in verses 9 through 11, after he said that, he said, you parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Any parent in here knows this. Nobody can love your children more than you love them, period. End of discussion. But when God comes along and he's like, listen, you think you love your children a lot. 
how much more so does God love you? Does God love them? Listen, God wants to show you things. God wants to help you with things. God wants to bless you in many ways. But he needs you to first seek him wholeheartedly. Not conditionally. Not circumstantially. Not just for the moment. Listen to what Dr. David Jeremiah says. He says, big decisions are birthed in an atmosphere of prayer. So that our hearts are constantly pondering the choices that represent God's will for our lives. Very often, God's Holy Spirit uses prayer to bring conviction or new ideas. Big decision thinking recognizes God as a partner in the decision making. I want you to hear this part. I love this part. He said, prayer is the incubator of our best ideas and the source of our freshest creativity. Prayer is our lifeline to finding and fulfilling God's perfect will in all we say and do. Listen, I don't want just some of what God has for me today. If you feel like this place has been tear gassed with the Spirit, thank you. Because I'm telling you, we, we've prayed over every one of you, every one of your seats. I pray that you could not leave this place the same. That you feel like this message is just, just for you. That you feel like God is speaking directly to you. And if you do, it's just because I've asked God to just take over and let me be a vessel for him. I'm just pipelining. I'm just giving you what he's given to me. But some of you need to just understand, you can't find certain things in a book. you got to find it in prayer. you got to seek him a little bit deeper. you got to go out a little bit deeper if you expect to go a little further. You can't stay where you are in your faith and expect to be further than you were before. You keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to get what you've been getting. You know, if you're like me, I'm tired of getting what I've been getting. My wife's beat me enough. And all of it I deserved. You know what? And by the way, I thank God for wives to beat you. Okay? I really believe. You know, I, I tell them sometimes, uh, some of us guys, we're just lucky. One, we're still alive. And then two, that, 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 that you know, we, we got to see the other side. You know, listen, God wants to help you wherever you are right now. And I don't care what season your life is right now. Some of, some of you, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just want to speak it into you. Some of you, regardless of your age, you have a retirement mentality. You don't retire from God's will. You may retire from work, but you don't retire from God's will. God's got just as much of a plan for you in this season as he had for you in the last season. Your identity might have changed. Your, your circumstances might have changed. Your family unit might have changed. But God still has just as much. In fact, he may have more. Listen, the more he's given you, the more he expects. In fact, I'm going to ask you this. Who are you mentoring? Who are you investing in? I always, I, seriously, I always try to keep in my heart a top three or top five people in my life that I go, God, all right, these three or these five, you, you're telling me, hey, just stay with them. Give a little extra time for them. Keep, keep speaking to them. Just keep, keep coming alongside them the same way that you would hope someone would come alongside you. I ask you right now, listen, it, the time, I, I'm tired of seeing church only grow because somebody has a baby. Okay? That's called biological growth, by the way. We are all glad. By the way, we'll celebrate. When you got that baby, please bring that baby to me so I can get a hug. But we, listen, we don't want just biological growth. We need spiritual growth to start happening in the church, okay? I just want you to understand. You can go ahead and get ready for, for Easter. I plan on us having some problems, all three services that we have for Easter. I plan on some of you being like, well, hey, you know what, Pastor? I had to politely stay standing. 
because they give somebody else a seat. Listen, we are not where we want to get. I want to ask you, I'm saying this, this is, this is all extra. This certainly wasn't in my notes. I need, I need some people, if you feel called to this church, if you feel called to be a part of this ministry, I need you to be committed. I need you to give your whole heart. I need you to do everything you possibly can. Because the one thing I've learned in ministry, it's not, it's not an I. There's no I in team. There's no I in church. It's an us. It's an us. And I'm getting to that point where, listen, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go chase, um, chase the extra demons that we're supposed to be extinguishing out there, by the way. And I need you to do it. But fourthly, great decisions are made patiently waiting on God. Great decisions are made patiently waiting on God. Before you make a move of something you're going to let go or something you're going to pursue or something you're going to change in a major way, ask yourself, do you have the peace that this is God's timing? Has God given you the green light that you can move forward now? You know, something could be God's will but not be his will right now. I have things I want to do in my life, but it's just not God's will for me right now in this, in this season. This is. Listen, have I patiently waited on God or am I running ahead of God? Listen, when we run ahead of God, we can't expect God's full blessing. But God's, God's blessing comes by those who are seeking God's way and, listen, aligning and seeking God's timing. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him and entrust yourself to Him. Do not fret, whine, agonize because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man, uh, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Sometimes we, we make sudden moves and we make impulsive lifestyle decisions because everybody else is doing it. You've heard the saying, if everybody else was jumping off the edge of a cliff, would you want to jump too? Just because everybody else is out there going hillbilly deluxe pickup truck doesn't mean that's the way you and I need to live our lives. Listen, we need to make sure that we're keeping our little hand in God's big hand and patiently waiting on God. That is part of letting God be the father and we stay the child. Listen, even if you feel something is God's will for you, God's timing always matters. And listen to this, it's always better. I've learned to wait on God because my best laid plans will not work the way his right time plans work. Ecclesiastes 3.1 and verse 11 says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. I found something interesting this week. Um, a man named Peter Drucker, he's a founder of the Drucker Institute. He, he's an esteemed leadership guru. He wrote that effective executives are not overly impressed by people who make speed decisions. He said this, don't make snap decisions. The spur of the moment decisions are merely guesses. Before announcing a decision, it's best to take a little time, sleep on it first. God may have other plans. My Lord, how many times if you didn't sleep on something, you'd have gone hillbilly? You'd have quit your job that day. Every one of us know what I'm talking about. It, 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 listen, sometimes just a little bit of sleep and some more prayer changes a lot, doesn't it? Changes even your Facebook post. But fifthly, lastly, great decisions are made committing every step to God. Great decisions are made committing every step to God. 
Dr. David Jeremiah says, big decisions must be committed to God. I want you to hear this part. He says, yes, we are fallible people and we'll all make mistakes along the way. But when we earnestly base our decisions on biblical values, praying over them, make them thoughtfully, base them on wise counsel and commit them to God, he can bless them. If we make a wrong decision, he knows how to correct our path or redeem our mistakes. He said, at this critical moment in history, the Lord needs men and women who know how to make wise choices. Listen, if you and I aren't living the change, who will? If you and I don't seek to be the Jesus that other people can see, who will? Because most of you are the best of the best. You're like, oh my Lord, I feel sorry for all them. I feel the same way. But I'm telling you, listen, it is time for the people of God to act like children of God. And not just act like everybody else and not just operate like everybody else and not just make decisions like everybody else. Listen, God's word tells us, God tells us he can, he's going to guide us through his word. He's going to guide us through the Holy Spirit living within us. He's going to guide us through prayer. He guides us through his people. But both before and after we make a great decision, we must let God guide our every step. Listen, every day you've got to say, God, I'm committing this day to you. The way you're going to have a God-made day is you say, this is the Lord that, that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will seek his will. I will seek to, to bring glory to him. I will seek whatever it is that he wants, not what I want. Look at what Proverbs 16, 3 says is the key to success. It says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord. If you want things to, to begin to prosper from this moment forward, Again, you can't do anything about the past. You commit everything to the Lord. I'm going to ask Brother Jason, come on up here right now. Psalm 37, 23 through 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I want you to hear something there. I tell people there's a difference between a good man and a godly man. A good man tries to do good. A godly man or woman seeks to do what God would have them to do. And therefore, God delights in every detail of their life. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. As you bow your heads with me, I want you to think about these things. Five questions to ask yourself as we talked about. One, does God's word approve what you're doing? Secondly, am I seeking godly wisdom and advice and understanding? Thirdly, have I bathed everything in prayer? Fourthly, is this God's timing? Am I waiting on God? Am I looking to God? And then fifthly, have I committed this decision, this next step to the Lord? Today, I believe God is calling each of us to full surrender. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want every believer in here praying for that lost soul that might be listening right now. Pray that right now that, that, that they'll give their heart and life to Christ. If that's your heart's desire today and, and, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, simply repeat this prayer in your heart after me. Dear God, please forgive me for my sins. I know that I've fallen short of your glory. I believe in you, Jesus, God's Son, that you died on the cross for my sins and that through your death, burial, and resurrection, I'm able to come, overcome 
death, the grave, and sin. Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord and leader from this moment forward. I give my heart to you. The Bible says if you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your, your sin, you will be saved. You will be saved. Today, maybe you, you come in here, you, you know you're a believer, you know what God would want you to do, but you've just not been pursuing it. Today, if you want to rededicate your life, simply just say, Dear God, I rededicate myself back to you. God, I don't, want to, I don't want to be lukewarm anymore. I want to be on fire. God, I don't want to be halfway surrendered. I want to be fully surrendered. Jesus, take me by the hands. Lead me through the valley and towards your will. God, I pray, Lord, right now for each and every person. God, I pray that if they hear your voice speaking to them, Lord, they would come and, and, and make that response in whatever fashion that you, you would have them to. If they need to come and, and share that they've made, given their hearts and lives to you, God, I pray they'd come forward with that. Lord, if they need to follow through with believers' baptism, may they make that commitment to take that next step. God, if they've, they've rededicated their life to you today, I pray that they would let someone know, Lord, and, and, and Lord, truly, genuinely make that decision. God, right now we give you this altar time of response in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us? This altar is open. I'm available here should you want to pray with me.